Hi, and welcome to the Kelowna Girl Tries Podcast. I'm Barb, and this is episode 117, Sunday, June 3rd, 2012. Hope you enjoy it. suggested that you start at 6 o'clock instead of 5 o'clock. And I knew I was going to be, well, I shouldn't say new. I hoped I was going to be pretty close to 5 hours. But there's a chance that if my back locked up or had any sort of injurious type pain that I would be forced to walk, uh, you know, my my 5 hour time meant I was running the whole thing and just taking a one-minute walk break every 15 minutes. So, if anything happened, I'd be over five hours and and possibly quite a bit over five hours. So, I just didn't know what was going to happen. But I totally believed I would finish it. So, I decided at the end to go at the 6 a.m. start. And I'm really glad I did. The upside of doing that is that, you know, all the really slow people... We're starting at 6, and so I'd be running with the fast people, and so I'd be tagging along way in the back, right off the bat, and maybe a couple of people would be my speed, but pretty much, you know, sucking the hind tit, as they say. (laughs) I don't know if that's sort of rude or not, but anyways. And I, you know, very likely could come in last, (laughs) especially if I have a bad day out there. So I just didn't think that would be good mentally. And the road's kind of noisy here. The worry was that the course didn't open till 7. And so I was worried about having to stop at streetlights. And uh, I knew the water and fuel stations would not be open yet. But I didn't really care. I was self, self-contained for um, really a good hour before I needed any water anyway. So... And there were bathrooms open along the course, so everything was going to be okay with that. I was just worried about having to, you know, stop at, stop at intersections. But because it was 6 o'clock in the morning, uh, on a Sunday morning, there really was no traffic to speak of. And 
we just ignored the traffic lights. We just made sure no one was coming, and we ran through red lights, uh, the group of us. So it was fine. There was even a cop driving up once, and I was worried that we were going to get in trouble, but we didn't. So, yeah, there would be... They thought there'd be about 20 people. I would say there was closer to 30. I counted about 25, 26. Okay, so Eric says 25 or 26 people. Um, saw Gary, who I know from... Uh, from Twitter and Facebook and he was running his second marathon of the month he did Vancouver and then he's going for one more and he's going to be a marathon maniac, that guy, and he finished up today Dwayne, who's a teacher friend from Abbotsford, which I met last night but I've known him on Twitter for a while we got to meet up last night at the expo and he did the 7am start so I didn't see him today but I did get to chat with him yesterday and it was kind of nice to put a face to a name and to an avatar and then we got to meet a, quite a cool lady I didn't get much chance to talk to her because it was just moments before we started but her name is Ginny Turner I think and she's um, an amazing marathoner uh, in her I think she'd probably just turned 60 and she has got the Guinness World Record, I think, for running a marathon in every continent of the world. And I think her record is for running the fastest marathon in every well, it's continent. Within 118 days, I oh, think. she had to do them within 118 no, days she or didn't something. Have to. She did. And yeah. That's the fastest. Yeah, so, oh, I see, so together, like, in closeness and dates. Anyways, just amazing, and she does marathons very frequently. She had, she's done 80 or 90 before she had knee surgery and decided now she power walks them. So her time is slower, but she's still out there doing these crazy, crazy races. So that was pretty amazing. She's from Oregon, I think. That was, uh, so I met her this morning. So just a nice little group of people. Uh, another bonus to that would be getting the choice parking. There was a parking at a school right across from the race site. And it wasn't very busy yet, of course, at 6 o'clock. So, yeah, I didn't mind. I got up at 4.30. We left the hotel, took all our stuff, even though we had a late checkout because we just didn't know what time we'd get back. And so we took all our stuff out of there about 5.20, I guess, by the time we got over there. I don't know. We had about half an hour. I had time to go to the bathroom and kind of just do a few stretches and chat a bit, and then it was time to go. And so all 20 of us, 25 of us or so, took off and kind of spread out fairly quickly. But I was with a couple who were running together doing a walk run. They were both marathon maniacs as well. And they were doing a 5-in-1 walk run, and I was doing a 15-in-1 and so we were close together. And they kept passing me and I kept passing them. And I chatted with them a little bit on and off for about, I'm going to say 15, 18K. And then I lost them. They were, I was past them and I was just going faster, I guess. Um, so back to the chunking of the race. The first 5K is all downhill. Not a steep downhill, but definitely downhill. I knew I was going to feel good and strong and I decided to not do any breaks for the first 5K. I would just run it steady, and I'd kind of allow myself to mostly watch my heart rate and pick up the pace. So I ran, uh, my goal was to do 620s. I was actually running a little bit faster than that, but I started running, and I'd say one and a half K into the run, I knew I had to go to the bathroom. Like, ah, oh, jeez, Murphy. So the first bathrooms are at the 3K mark, and I thought, well, better to go now, get it out of my systems, so to speak, and uh, hopefully won't have to go again. And I did go just before the race started, in case you're wondering. But anyways, I digress. So as I came around the corner up to the porta-potties, there's already three people in the porta-potties. There's only 25 people who started, so I was glad to know I wasn't the only one. And, uh, yeah, so quick in and out of there. I mean, you know, but I blew two minutes. And so now I get to the 5K mark. I wanted to be there at 6.30. I was 6.32, and I was um, there at 6.34. So I'm already two minutes behind my pace and schedule. But I wasn't too, I wasn't sweating it too much. Uh, then I just started into basically running 14 and ones um, just to keep things simple. That was my goal. 
but I just wasn't really feeling like I had sort of two possible paces, a, a little bit faster one and a little bit slower one. The slow, slower one was the outside five-hour marathon time, and the faster one was the time I'd need if I wanted to do 4.45. So I was trying to go within that range, but I found I was definitely at the slower one right off the bat. And of course, two minutes behind because of that. So I felt good. I was running strong, but it took me a good hour to sort of really kick in. Uh, I was in the 10-11K zone before I started kicking in and feeling really comfortable. I'd say that 10 to 20K I felt the best. It was just great. I felt really, really good, really strong. Um, and I was kind of having fun at that point. It was just a beautiful course. It winds through some gorgeous farmland, all pretty well flat. Um, I took some pictures of some cute cows, and there were milking cows out there, and uh, little farms and everything. It was really, really pretty and very green because the area is quite green. Um, it started to cloud over, though, quite quickly. Uh, and it was supposed to be sunny today, so I was kind of surprised. I was wearing a tank top and my tri-shorts, and I had my Nathan fuel vest uh, with all my gear, and I wasn't ever cold, but I was glad I was running because it did kind of start to chill off a bit later on, and I, I almost thought about putting a jacket on, but decided against it, as long as I had my body heat keeping me warm. So it never really got hot, hot. Like yesterday, it was really hot here. It was in the seven, high 70s, and today it never even reached. It was in the mid-60s, I would say, for you Americans. Um, yeah, so I knew about my times I wanted to be at certain points along the race, and so each time I got there was probably two minutes slow each time. But I was my middle one, my middle two 10Ks, I kept them right where I wanted to be. I was just always the two minutes that I'd spent in the bathroom. Uh, about 20k mark, started watching my iPhone because Ryder Hesjall was about to do his time trial for the final stage of the Giro d'Italia and he, we were very hopeful that he was going to win today and he did. A big thank you to Neil and um, another local boy, who was it? Mark, who um, messaged me and let me know that Ryder won not only the time well he didn't win the time trial but he won the whole the whole zero so so excited um yeah so then I was just like super stoked I was so excited that he'd won I just it gave me this whole revitalized energy I think that's probably around the time that I lost that those other two marathon maniacs and uh went on because I was behind, I tried to pick up my pace a bit, and I skipped a couple of walks, walk breaks. But um, it just didn't really, it helped me a bit, but didn't seem to help me a lot. And then, I'd say around 25K, I was starting to get a little bit tired, but not hurting. Just everything's sort of starting to ache a bit, and I started getting a little bit tired and thinking I wanted to slow down a little bit. But um, I started back into the walk breaks, and sometimes I would take a walk break just to fill my water bottle. I filled my water bottle about every 10, 12K. The course volunteers were great. Um, there was just enough water tables that I could refill, and there were enough bathrooms along the course and stuff. Then I did ultimately have to stop for a quick pee, so I lost another minute or so. Um, that was probably around the 30 kilometer mark. So all along this time, Eric had his cross bike and he was riding just basically along the course, but in and out, not beside me, but you know, he would just ride on ahead and then he'd stop and hang out and just wait for me to come by and he took lots of pictures. And so every two or three K, I knew I was gonna see him and then I'd be kind of watching for him. And then when I saw him, I was just like, yes, you know, and oh man, it just made so much difference mentally to always be having him, you know, sort of ahead. You could almost always see him from wherever I was. It was really, really nice. So I was really lucky to have that. And I sort of felt sorry for other people that were trudging along out there with nobody, you know. And um, I did give him my 
vest. I wore my vest for the first uh, couple of kilometers, I guess. Yeah, just till I went to the bathroom, and then I gave him my vest. Because it was a little bit chilly at first, but once I warmed up, I was fine. Did you get my glasses? You got my glasses, right? Good. Yeah, I took my hat off, and my glasses, sunglasses went flying, so I just let him take them. And then, gee, after 30K, I was really starting to get tired. My legs did not want to move anymore. So I had to start, that was the point where I started to have to dig deep. I think 30K is around the 20-mile mark or 18, 19 miles, something like that. And I was doing my gels. I did my gels religiously. Every 40 minutes when that thing beeped, I took another gel. So I had seven altogether. I drank my water all the time. I had electrolytes in my water. Um, my calves, each of them at some point in the race felt like twinty, like they might want to cramp, but I just stopped and stretched them a little bit, you know, like for 20 seconds, and that seemed to help. So all these little tiny stops, oh, plus I stopped to take pictures too, um, but all these little tiny stops also kind of added a bit to my time. Uh, so, let's see, I guess 34 was my longest, my longest run ever, but really everything after 30k started to hurt. It was just starting to get like, ah, oh, God, you know, every, every step was getting to be harder and harder and harder. And then uh, I went up to the 20, 30, yeah, see, after 34, everything was was new territory because I'd never run more than 34K. But I also didn't think for a second I wasn't going to finish. I just believed I was going to finish. And that, that was obvious. So I just kept going and going. And I was happy that I was mostly running. I mean, I, I did take walk breaks about every 14, 15 minutes, but I wasn't really paying attention anymore. Um, I'm interested in going home and looking at my Garmin data so I can see where I walked. I think sometimes I missed a walk break. Excuse me. And then other times I took two, you know, like I, I don't know. It didn't matter anymore. I was, I was always doing the mental math, looking to see, am I going to be able to make it under the uh, five hours? I, I knew that the last 5K, I had allotted myself 40 minutes to do it because it's uphill. And that was a much slower pace than I have been running. But I knew I was probably going to need 40 minutes. And then as I got closer and closer, I realized, you know, even if I take less than 40 minutes, I think I'm, I think I'll still not make that, um, that five hour cutoff. So I tried to give it a push a couple of times to see if I could make up some time, but the pushing was so painful and I could see it really wasn't even getting me anywhere. I was getting at that point where you can barely lift your legs, you know, and you're just kicking rocks because your feet aren't coming up very high and sort of trudging along and you feel like you're running faster, but you look at your watch and you're still doing 7.15 or something. So I thought, okay, just relax, don't care, just finish it up and get it done. And, um, and then when I was in the 5K more section, you know, I and going up the hills, I suddenly, I want to say I felt stronger, but I guess because I just could see the end in sight, I started to mentally feel stronger and sort of willed my legs to go in a few of those sections. And then other sections, I felt like I can't even lift my legs. I'm trying to run and I can't even run. I'm going to have to just walk. And it's funny because I kind of would run up the hills and then I'd walk on the flats because my legs felt so toasted. But uh, overall, it was feeling pretty good. Then I got to the 40K mark. And it was still uphill, just gradual. And I looked at my watch and it's like four, it was four hours and 48 minutes. And I was trying to do the math. Can I get, I got 12 minutes, but I don't think I can do 2.2K in 12 minutes. And then when I got to 41K, I just decided, okay, I'm just going to go for it. I took a little walk break and then I ran as fast as I can. Like I ran 545s, which is just, I couldn't believe I could run that fast when I was that freaking tired. And I did that for about a half a kilometer. And I looked at my watch and I could see, oh yeah, then my watch rolled the five hours and I still wasn't there. And I thought, all right, I ain't gonna make it. I had a half, half a K or 0.7 of a K to go before I'd get to the finish line. 
So I just, I took a quick 10 second walk break and then I just jogged back in and there was a long way in with a lot of people down there and everybody was cheering because I was all alone at that time. Nobody was really ahead or behind me. So I got all the attention, which was kind of fun. And as I came through, my daughter, I texted my daughter, by the way, and she had come down to meet me from where she lives in Vancouver. So she was at the finish line, and she videotaped a video of me crossing the finish line. So when I get home, I'll post it on my Facebook page. And Eric was there, of course. He had ridden ahead at this point and ready to get some pictures of me coming across. And I felt really strong as I ran across. You know, like I wasn't limping, and I was smiling, and I felt good, and... I was like really, really glad it was finished, but I think in both cases, I felt stronger at the end of that marathon than I ever did at the end of both my Ironmans, my half Ironmans. So I would say each of my two half Ironmans were harder than the marathon. The, this is sort of probably equivalent to my second half iron, and and my first half iron was definitely harder than this. So that was good to good to know. It was interesting to know that. But my legs are freaking trashed. I mean, they're just like every part of my body hurts. Even my arms hurt. My ribs hurt. Um, my knees are killing me. My ankles are sore, and it's all just like tight muscle pain. It's, I'm not injured. My back held up fine. Um, didn't seem to. I stopped and bent over and stretched it out two or three times but I do that on a lot of my long runs but it didn't lock up so it may be shot tomorrow but it's felt fine today and that's all that really matters and uh, yeah everything's hurting but I think uh, three or four days I'll be okay so I wandered around the expo site when I crossed and got my nice medal and a nice plaque too that says uh, marathon finisher I was really excited about that I didn't cry Gordon, I didn't cry. I thought about trying to cry just so I could be one of those, but it didn't work for me. I was too happy. Just just so excited. I cheered when I crossed. Yeah, baby, I did it. And uh, I was just really glad to be finished. <laughs> yes. But would I do it again? Yeah, you bet. I would totally do another marathon. I would totally do it. But I don't know if, um, you know, my hips and my back will let me train for another marathon. So I'll have to wait and see how the recovery goes, and then I got to go in and get some X-rays. Uh, that sounded funny because I was scared about traffic driving right now. Uh, I got to go get some X-rays and see what's going on with the hip and back, and if they suggest I shouldn't do any more long-distance running. But I might just ignore them like I did this time. It seems to be working for me. So that is my marathon. I don't think I missed anything. Eric's just sitting here driving. I'm listening to me yak away. Did I miss anything important? Um, I don't think so. Did you? <laughs> no. You he says no. He you says, rocked. okay, you could say some nice things about me then. How about that? I thought you looked really good in a whole race. And you were running well, too. Yeah, I thought I was... But strong. you always look pretty good. No, but seriously. Yeah, but seriously, you never lost your composure or, you know, anything like that. Before? There was, yeah, there was certainly a few people I passed that looked like they were really struggling, you know, hands were sort of looking really weird and legs were looking weird and, yeah. and all of this. Yeah. But uh, you you weren't like that. You were okay. And so I was really impressed. I had no doubts you'd do it. Yeah, I thought I felt, it felt like my form, it started to falter, but it, I didn't really, I didn't really collapse, you know, and it didn't really fall apart. At least you didn't seem to notice it. I, I, my right IT band wanted to start to lock up near the end, and I, I started to feel like I was doing a weird little limpy gip thing there for a while, but it never got bad enough to have a big impact. So overall, it was good. Good times. I got to thank Gordon, Gordon from uh, Alabama. emailed me yesterday with some great advice, which I took, and he looked over my racing tra training plan, helped me out with that, 
he just has been supporting me off and on throughout my training when I started to, and he's been really very encouraging a lot of people have been very encouraging I've had tons of encouragement over the last six months and uh, you know that whole <laughs> that whole run net community thing you just can't get over how much you know all the the friends at work the daily milers the twitter people the facebook friends all those people including like the students in my class when you're out there running and you're starting to feel like shit you just kind of bring together i i totally will myself to remember all of those people and how much they want you know they want me this to work for me they're just rooting for me you know know that and it just gives you mental strength to push on through you know and all of those things and seeing Eric every two or three kilometers I mean all of those things made a huge difference and I think you need that support when you're doing a tough race like that so if you ever think about doing the Abbotsford run for water it's a great race and a great cause you know the uh, it's getting water for kids in Ethiopia and all that stuff. It's a charity thing. I didn't bug you guys for money for it, but uh, part of it is I was just afraid what happens if I didn't end up doing the race and here I got all these pledges and stuff, so I decided not to. But if you want to go down over to the Run for Water Marathon uh, from Abbotsford website, I'm sure you can donate uh, some money. I'm sure. So if you want to do that, you go for it. I'll even put a link in the show notes. I'm sure it's never too late. They could use it. So, yeah, I guess that's it. We're on the Coquihalla now, driving home. We, we After we finished up, we quickly went back to the hotel, brought my daughter with me. We had a late checkout at the Coast Hotel, which gave us great service. And uh, I was able to go back in and have a nice shower change my clothes and get all human again. Get rid of the salt lick because I was so covered in crystallized salt. And then we went to the Olive Garden in Langley for lunch because I love the Olive Garden and there's only one in the lower mainland in all of British Columbia. So I had soup and salad and a glass of wine and and uh, now and Eric didn't get to have wine because he's driving and he wanted to stay awake. He was worried because I might sleep in the car and then he'd have to stay awake. Even it's hard to sleep, stay awake if Barb's not talking your ear off, right, honey? That's right. That's right. I put on a few Ks today too. Yes, you did. How many Ks did you get? You know? Uh, well, actually, my Garmin died before I finished, but I think oh, it must right. have been uh, 55, 60, anyways. Yeah, 55, 60 Ks on his bike, on his cross bike today. What a what a guy. He had his panniers on there just in case I needed anything, which is probably illegal, but we didn't care. And, um, yeah, so it's a good. So, yeah, we're out of the Coquihalla right now. Going to be home in about two and a half hours. And uh, I think when I get up, I can get out of this car, I probably won't be able to walk. <laughs> and I limp up the stairs, drag my butt up the stairs. We have stairs at school. I just might take the elevator to school tomorrow. Oh, and here's a cute story. One of my students, uh, his mom is a friend of mine. She's a teacher too. And uh, he's in my class this year. So she had texted me during the race, just expecting that I'd see it after the race, um, wishing me good luck and hoping I had a good race. So I texted her back right away and said, hey, I'm in the middle of the race. I'm halfway. I'm having a good time. So she she was kind of surprised. And so then she texted me back and said, well, her son... Tay says, uh, you know, he's go, go, Mrs. D, go, you know, and uh, he wants me to bring the medal to school tomorrow. So by then, by the time I read that, I was already finished. So I texted them a picture of my medal, and he says he's so, so proud of me. <laughs> this guy's little guy's eight. No, he's nine now. So I have to take my medal to school tomorrow for sure. So the kids are pretty excited. On Friday, I had them tuck their chairs in and jog on the spot and I said okay now I want you to do that for five hours right till the end of the end of the day when the bell rings and they're all like what I said well that's how long I gotta run on Sundays <laughs> you guys can see how it feels <laughs> but uh, we decided uh, two minutes was enough 
Alright, so I guess I'm going to sign out and uh, maybe add something to this. So that little interlude was called Lazy Day, and that's because I've been having nothing but a lazy week since my marathon. So, you know, uh, the recovery came pretty quickly. The first two days were unbelievably painful, which um, was just like all those pictures you see and those videos and some uh, pretty funny people just barely able to walk. We, I teach in the upstairs section of my school. We have an elevator, and I took the elevator because I could not... Well, I could walk upstairs, but it was so slow and painful that, uh, you know, I had my class with me. It was just quicker and easier to go in the elevator. Day one. And day two, I was at a workshop all day, so I didn't have to go up and down stairs. And by Wednesday, I was feeling quite a bit better, but not good enough to run yet. And also, I was pretty busy on Wednesday and Thursday. And then Friday, you know, I think this training kind of, not the training, but the race, you know, it kind of caught up with me a little bit uh, because you know how you're, I think you're, oh, what is it called? You're, um, yeah, there's a word out there. There's me looking for a word. Uh, resistance to disease is lowered just because of the high cortisol levels and whatnot of really pushing yourself at a race. So I started feeling sick is what my point is um there's a lot of kids in my school that have in my class that have bad colds right now and a couple of teachers have sore throat headache um laryngitis that sort of thing and sure enough friday i started getting quite a bad headache and i've had a sore throat and headache all weekend i feel okay if i take some tylenol and every four hours i've taken tylenol or ibuprofen and then, then I feel okay once it kicks in, but my glands are swollen. I'm just achy, but I don't have a cold, so I don't know. I'm just uh, sitting here at home Monday afternoon, took the day off from work, trying to recover, and it's yet a full weekend. But I have to be truthful. Yesterday, um, while I was doped up on drugs, I felt pretty good, and I went out for an easy run up in Crawford on the trails. Uh walked a couple of hills, but uh, just ran easy and did about... 35 minutes, four and a half K, legs felt fine. My left uh, hip is a bit tight. My left IT band is a little bit tight, started to pull a bit at the knee. So I cut it um, just to kind of a short run and came home and rolled it. And I'm getting back to doing my, well, I've been stretching all week. That's all I've really been doing, stretching and some yoga. And uh, yeah, I think I'm feeling okay. I should be able to get back into my running pretty quickly. Um, I don't know what kind of distances I'll be able to do. And now I'm in that limbo land of what to do. You know, I, I, I came out of that race knowing that I definitely want to do another marathon because I really enjoyed it. And it, I know a lot of people finish a marathon and think, oh, my God, I never want to do that again. And then probably take, you know, weeks or months or whatever to kind of get their head around the thought of it. But I was already thinking, yeah, you know, I'm planning on doing um, the half marathon in Victoria in October, which is October, I don't know, second Sunday in October. But now, then I was starting to look at my schedule and thinking, oh, I wonder if I could do the full marathon. <laughs> uh, downside is, uh, the the hard part for me would be that all the longest runs would be in August and September. And uh, in the past, I've had a hard time getting very much training at all done in September. And then August, you know, I got my goal triathlon the end of August, and I think it would be pretty hard for me to be doing two and a half, three hour runs every weekend with, uh, you know, with a try and then do well on my triathlon. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to think about it. This is what I've seemed to be struggling with the whole idea of, you know, continuing with doing longer distance running or continuing doing with the triathlon focus. Because 
up until now, what I've struggled with is doing the hard biking that I want to do and need to do to do well in a triathlon and the long run, the distance running and the, you know, all of that. So I find if I do bike, I have to bike spinning and easy um, in between my runs. And if I start ramping up my biking and start doing hills and pushing hard, then my legs get uh, sore and tired from that. And I don't seem to be able to either do as well for my runs or be able to do my runs the distances that I'm supposed to. So I'll have to play around with that this summer and just see how the next month or so goes. I'm now into crazy season at work. It's June. Right now it's June 4th. And every single day this week I have something going on. That's why I ended up staying home today because I was just feeling pretty crappy this morning. Sore throat, headache. Uh, My glands are swollen. I just feel achy. And I have to be at school every day this week, except for today was the only day that looked like I could possibly stay home. But we've got so much going on. I have a bunch of field trips and all this year-end stuff. Plus, uh, our whole school district is switching over to a new um, provider for uh, our websites, our school website, district websites. uh, And I'm the lead teacher at my school for that. So I have to take a whole day and just transfer the entire school website into the new format sometime in the next two weeks. So I'm trying to figure out when I can afford to take a day off and do that. Yeah, so anyways, yada yada. Uh, It always seems to be a little bit busy. Eric's gearing up for his Xterra, which is on the 16th, the weekend of the 16th, Um, whatever day that is, it's a Sunday. And I that's the same weekend that I would do the Oliver Sprint Try, which I guess I'm not going to do, but I haven't totally, totally said no, but I have to know that I'd have to do it totally by myself, so I don't know. haven't even been in the water, haven't swum, haven't ridden my bike, so it's maybe not a good idea to do it, but it, I would do it for fun, and then is it really fun to go down there by myself and do a race and then come home? <laughs> Doesn't sound like it. So I guess I won't, which means I basically have no tries planned until August, which kind of sucks. And Oliver Half Iron was this weekend, it was yesterday, and tons of people I know were down there, Aaron and a whole bunch of other people. So I was feeling a little depressed that I wasn't down there, having done it the last two years in a row. But uh, yeah, it wasn't meant to be. That's okay. So, you know, it's a trade-off. It's a trade-off to, to decide whether I want to do marathon or uh, triathlon. Because, yeah, anyways, you can see my dilemma. So I will mull that over in the next few weeks. July is going to be pretty crazy. Uh, my my stepdaughter is coming into town from Auckland, New Zealand. She's coming in on the 20th of June, and she's getting married a month later here in Kelowna. So we'll be doing lots of pre-wedding things over the next month. And then uh, once they head back, I'll have maybe a week or two to kind of kick back and relax. Um, maybe go away because <laughs> usually we could, could do something in beginning of August. And that's why August is pretty challenging to do a bunch of long runs, not to mention the heat as well. Of course, you know, doing two and three hour runs when it's uh, 90 degrees out is a bit challenging. Looking forward to hopefully seeing Stuart Quadrathon, uh, probably the middle to the end of August, just close to my Apple Triathlon. And, um, yeah, and then back to school. I'm already thinking back to school, and it's not even the beginning of June. So that's I'm just kind of looking ahead and figuring things out. Anyway, I uh, got a few emails I thought I'd share with you. Uh, one is another email from Jeff from Oregon. He sent um, in another great race report, so I'm going to read that right now. Uh, he's, it's the Staten Sprint Triathlon. It was on uh, May 19th in Staten, Oregon. And he said, I'm glad I decided to go ahead and race in the second year of the state and sprint triathlon, even though I already signed up for a half marathon the following day. Go kick ass. That's awesome. I could never do that. Last year, this was my very first triathlon. They made some other changes this year. This was a chipped timed race. They had an issue with one of the laptops at T1 last year. Uh, There was a small change to the bike route. The run route was changed significantly. 
away from the busiest roads, which removed the small hill but added an out-and-back in a park that crossed the covered bridge. And it was on a trail for about three-quarters of a mile and had more turns in the residential area. Overall, the swim went well, but it was a mental challenge. I had estimated 13.25 for the 500-meter swim based on a time trial two and a half weeks ago. It was a pool swim with four other swimmers per lane, starting five seconds apart. I was leading off with the three others who estimated 13.30. Almost immediately, the swimmer behind me was right on my heels, and he stayed there when I increased the pace. I let him pass at the end of the lane when he tapped my foot on the second lap. The next lap, another swimmer passed. Then, a few laps later, I got tapped again. It was the first swimmer that had passed me again. For someone who hasn't been training to swim very long, that really messes with the mind. I just had to try and keep a good rhythm and stay focused. When all was done, my swim split was 13.28, and the swimmer who had passed me twice finished in 10.47. And I'm just going to interject here to say, it sure doesn't seem to be very fair that somebody would estimate at 13.30 and then be that much quicker for such a short thing. Uh, it sure does make it hard for you when you're being lapped like that. I don't don't blame you. He goes on to say that transitions went well. I saved a few seconds by not taking an extra drink or fuel. Saved that for the bike. I didn't wear bike gloves. And the only thing I might change is to take a few more seconds to dry myself off better so that the lower body part of my body doesn't get as cold. The temperature was in the low to mid-50s. Otherwise, the bike was uneventful. I passed several riders, but no one passed me this time. I averaged about two miles per hour faster than last year. Of course, I have a road bike this year instead of the commuter bike, and I went on more than two training rides. <laughs> Good for you. My left hip was bugging me a little at the start of the run. I think the trail actually helped. It, it either loosened it up or distracted me because I needed to focus on more on where my feet were going to step. The run was supposed to be a 5K, but the turnaround was farther out in the park, making it more like 3.57 miles. Maybe more open space making it safer? I already knew that, though... I already knew that, though, because I took advantage of the early packet pickup the night before, and I went for a walk on the course to familiarize myself with it. And I'm also going to interject here and say, you know, it is so... um, such a good idea if you have any chance to ride or run or walk the bike and the um, run courses of your triathlons when you're doing an away race because it just gives you so much more confidence. Uh, you just kind of have a better feeling of where you're supposed to be going. You have a little bit of an idea of, of um, you know, what the elevation is going to be like and whether or not that, you know, there's another hill around that corner, that sort of thing. So um, that's a good move, Jeff. I agree. He goes on to say, one of the bonuses this this year was that I am part of the Willamette Valley Triathlon Club. I've been more active this year, and I actually know a few of the people now, and I wore my team race team gear. My team race gear. There were 17 of us that raced, and a couple that just rode out to cheer us on. It was encouraging and fun to cheer for one another. And his splits were uh, 1328 for the swim, uh, 222 in T1. He did the 22K bike in 50.27, which was an average of 16.26 miles per hour. Good for you. T2 was 155. The run, which was 3.57 miles, was 37.42, 37 minutes, 42 seconds. So his overall time was 144.54. He came in 105th out of 176th and 17th out of 26th in his age group. And then the next day, this is this is amazing. The next day, he did the inaugural Portland Rock and Roll Half Marathon on May 20th. This was my second half marathon. The first one was the Oregon Wine Country Half on uh, in 9-4-11 with a finish time of 2 hours, 52 minutes, and 48 seconds. When I got done, I thought that 2.45 would be an obtainable goal for the second half marathon, and I'm glad I switched to Corral 15 with a 2.30 estimate, though. I started out as expected, a little bit of a slow pace to start, having to dodge around other slower runners and walkers. My Garmin was set to a 2-1 run-walk interval. I didn't take the walk break for at least two or three intervals. The field never really did to spread out very much. I skipped a lot of walk breaks, a few that I didn't think it was safe to stop, and once or twice I started walking downhill and had to ask myself, why am I doing this? Let gravity help out. There were a few times that I made myself take a walk break because I was skipping too many. 
I actually thought I actually made up some time at the end and brought the pace back down to a sub 11 minutes. I didn't think it would be possible to run under 2.30 that day after a sprint triathlon. I enjoyed myself. It was a nice course and a lot of support on the route. And uh, his chip time was 2.23.43 and his, the clock time was 2.46.09. So that's awesome. That is absolutely excellent. Uh, his 5K split was 33.54. 10k was 108.40 and his 10 mile was 150.28 so congratulations Jeff and that's two great race reports uh, and kind of cool to see that you can do two back to back races uh, especially to do so well on that uh, half marathon after a sprint try so good for you I got an email from another Barb uh, Barb from Idaho and she said she's been listening to the show right from the very beginning her sister, she and her sister are both participating in Ironman Canada this August, and she was actually emailing me to find out a little bit about uh, lodging in Canada, uh, well, in Penticton for uh, Ironman Canada, and uh, she said, um, she, I've had, uh, I always get a few people who are emailing me and asking me that, especially people who register uh, and don't book hotels like the day they register, which is basically what you have to do. The Ironman Canada um, accommodations in Penticton fills up easily are booked a year in advance so that is my first recommendation and what I said to her so I sent her a list of uh, other towns that are quite close to check um, that you might want to look for in Naramata, Oliver, Okanagan Falls, Summerland, Peachland and even as far south as uh, Oliver and of course, ultimately Kelowna, but we're an hour out, so it depends on what kind of morning you want to have. She's currently going to be staying in Kelowna that night before and uh, wondered, but it's about a one hour drive to give yourself about that time. Um, she's, she also started athletics later in uh, life. She had twins at the age of 34 and had tough diabetes and weight gain, etc. It got too painful to run alone, even though she did uh, several marathons in her late 30s. So she switched to triathlon and got sucked into the Ironman addiction. Canada is going to be her ninth Ironman, and she's trying to get under that that magic number of 12 so she can go to Kona on the Legacy Lottery. She hopes to get there before she turns 50, and she's 47 right now. So uh, thanks very much, Barbara. I appreciate it, and good luck. i uh, love to hear how ca- your Ironman goes, so how about sending us in a race report I'll be down there watching so uh, you'll have to let me know what your number is once you're registered I got a few people who who contacted me and let me know what uh, uh, George Burns said but Joe Kappas uh, had emailed and said he he would say goodnight Gracie and she would say goodnight Gracie so I had that wrong uh, in my last show and also when Eric and I were trying to remember the name of the bands we had more than one person who contacted me and let me know that uh, there is a band called Flock of Seagulls and a band called Band of Crows so I had the two kind of combined we got an email from John down in Scottsdale and uh, he congratulated me on my marathon and sent in his tr- race report which I'm excited to read Uh, After completing four sprint distance tries, he says, I decided to complete my first Olympic length triathlon. I picked one near Tempe, Tempe, is that how you say that? In mid-April. You may remember that my two sons got me into this whole try thing and have since abandoned it, but I'm glad to hear that you're continuing, John. Uh, Before they moved on to other pursuits, we did have a chance to do one together in Minnesota. Some observers, observers think... It was important that I beat both the 21-year-old and the 18-year-old, but I hardly ever mention that fact. I think I'd be mentioning that a heck of a lot if I were you. (laughs) That's awesome. It was just important that we were together. Did I mention that I beat both of them? (laughs) Okay. In fairness to them, I trained extensively and I adhered to a complex training plan. They, however, needed to be reminded of the date and started preparing only a few days before. They also didn't make the same decision that I did. That is, give it my all to show them that their father is still athletic or, alternatively, be resuscitated by paramedics. That is a great attitude. I love that, John. I absolutely love it. Uh, Way to kick ass on the sons. 
Anyway, back to the Tempe Triathlon. I hope I'm saying that right. I subscribe to the philosophy that I heard somewhere, and I can't remember where, that my goal should be don't drown, don't crash, finish. And I'm happy to report that I accomplished this goal. However, the swim was really something, to say the least. At several points, it seemed like the boys boys were being towed away from me. Yeah, I remember that feeling. However, many, many, many minutes after entering the water, I exited, headed to T1, and did fairly decently on the bike. The run wasn't awful, but certainly a victim of protracted swim time and aggressive cycling. I did finish, and I took learned uh, and I learned firsthand that the Olympic lake length is much different than the sprint in terms of needing to pace oneself. Yeah, no doubt. Later that day, I made a commitment to two goals. One is more swim time each week, and two, more of everything each week. Therefore, I'm shooting for at least six sessions a week, including some open water time on the weekends to get more comfortable in the water and get away from the crutch of being able to hang onto the pool wall every so often. I suggest maybe you swim in the, one of the middle lanes when you're in the pool then, John, and you'll, have, uh, you'll only have a lane marker to grab instead of the wall. <laughs> I am fond of reminding my sons that they're 168 hours in a week. No more, no less. And it's up to us uh, how we're going to budget those 168 hours. I'm sure they've grown weary from this point. I've made to them more often than a few times. But so far, they at least pretend to pay attention to me. Now, I know I'm going to keep the 168 in mind as I plan my training. And that's a really good point, yeah. So, what's next for me? Well, I've signed up for another Olympic-length try. This one is September 9th in San Diego. That should be nice. My training plan is in Excel spreadsheets. It's all filled out. My plan is in place. My goal this time is around don't drown, swim better, bike faster, run faster, finish, and enjoy the experience. So I'll keep you posted. Uh, Congratulations on your marathon. Thanks again for your blog and podcasts. Uh, Some of my favorites are the So You Want to Be a Triathlon. Triathlon. He said triathlete. I'm the one that said it wrong. Uh, episodes. Best regards, John. So, uh, yes. Yeah. You know, I'm, I've been so bad in following up on my, uh, so you want to be a triathlete and I have several planned. I just haven't recorded them. So I'm going to try and get my ass in gear and do that soon before the tri season is over. So uh, that is excellent. I loved reading that. That was super. So thanks very much, John, for sending that in. And, uh, just got an email from Wendy down in Fort Myers, Florida. She said she just listen to the May 10th edition. Uh, when you started describing your pre-marathon back pain, I started growing, groaning in sympathy. On March 11th, 2011, three weeks before what would have been my fifth year walking the Sarasota half Sarasota half marathon, I developed shingles and I could barely stand to have clothes on, no less move my body through 13.1 miles. And I guess they wouldn't let you do it naked either, would they? They allowed, that was me talking, not uh, Wendy, by the way. They allowed me to defer and in late fall, I started training again. You can probably imagine my horror when after four months of training, three weeks before the half, talk about history repeating itself, I developed plantar fasciitis. The night before the race, after having already decided I just couldn't do it, I figured I'd give it a try anyways. I had just finished my second round of prednisone and managed to struggle to the finish line. And I wasn't even last! When your podcast ended, I immediately checked your blog and blog and gave a big cheer to see that you were able to finish your first marathon. So great job. I look forward to future podcasts and I'll remember to check the blog more often. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you, Wendy. I appreciate that as well. And uh, yeah, I do try to get my blog updated. I seem to go in spurts because once I stop posting, then I get really lazy and don't seem to keep posting anymore. So um, I like it just for myself. because I'm able to um, kind of keep track of what I do. But uh, if you want to see pictures from my marathon, I did post it. It's colonagirl.com. It'll take you to the race, and uh, there'll be pictures. You can just scroll back and find the race. And um, that's about it. So, yeah, my back. I should probably just comment that my back has been absolutely fine since my race. No pain at all. Um, My hip is sort of so-so... 
I don't, it's not hurting and it's not been doing anything weird. So I don't know, I'm kind of pretty excited, stoked to know that, uh, that running a marathon isn't going to actually hurt my back and that likely the only reason my back was sore was not from doing all the long runs, but probably just from working in the yard and garden. So, uh, yeah, that's a good thing. Hey, so anyways, I still do need to probably in the next couple of weeks, go and get my new, um, x-ray now that the race is over and no one's going to tell me not to run and we'll see what happens. But, uh, my plan is just to continue on doing what I'm doing and enjoy it and, Life is good and I've, I've got to, I'm going to try and get back on to eating more healthfully. Not that I haven't been eating healthfully, but you know, I kind of, I'm always dieting. I'm always counting calories just to try and maintain my weight at 120. And as soon as I just relax and eat what I want to eat, the training just isn't enough to keep my weight off. So over the winter, I usually go up to about 125 and then in the spring I get back to dieting again. Uh, I don't mean dieting severely, but just counting my calories and not eating crap. Um, but, uh, you know what? It just wasn't working and I'm not getting enough, burning enough calories with just running. So my weight is still like 125 and that means it's awful snug doing up my wetsuit. Those extra five pounds makes a big difference. So sucks to be me, but I'm going to start counting calories for the next month and, uh, at least get down to 123. As long as I'm in the 120 to 123 range, I'm content. But I noticed even in my race photos uh, that my arms look kind of flabby. So I better start doing my weightlifting stuff again. Alrighty. Take care. Thanks for listening. And uh, I will try quite hard to get a... So you want to be a triathlete. Now that I'm finished my marathon, I have no excuses. Oh, and I don't think I actually told you what my time was in my marathon. My final time was... Five hours, four minutes, and 53 seconds. That was my chip time. My gun time was 54 seconds. So I was technically about five minutes slower than I planned, but I didn't really care. I was so happy to have raced it and run the entire thing. Um, my stats were, I was 152nd out of 175 people. I was 51st out of 62 women. And I was 9th out of 13 in my age group. Although some of those women I don't think finished. I think there were only like 11 who finished or 10 who finished. So I don't know. I'm not quite sure on that one. But anyways, I'm not uh, complaining. I'm quite content and happy with how I did. So take care and I'll hopefully talk to you next weekend. Bye-bye. The sun must say.